welcome back to the Verified Geek podcast. I am so excited for this episode because I have with me Vadim Savin. Vadim has a very successful YouTube channel and he teaches how to quickly create and replicate apps like Uber, Spotify or Netflix. He's using React Native and technologies like AWS Amplify. He shares with me his incredible journey from working at Amazon to becoming a CTO and a YouTube programming star. Let's do this. Hello, Vadim. How are you? Hello. I'm very good. Thank you. Good, good, How are you good. doing? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Where are you right now? Uh, I'm actually right now based in uh, Tenerife, Spain. It's a small island uh, very close to Africa. <laughs> So nice. yeah, we, we moved here for a couple of months, but the weather and everything here is so good um, and we don't want to leave, <laughs> at least for oh. now. Nice. So did you move there because of the pandemic? Uh, the pandemic gave us the opportunity to move here because we were studying and working online and we decided, eh, let's, let's give it a try. Now, now is the time. Nice. And actually, a lot of people are doing the same here, and the nomad community uh, on the island is is really growing because of all the conditions. Because we are in Europe, and but we have like always sun, and it's yeah. really great here. That makes sense. You have like the time zone of the UK mm-hmm. and the weather of I don't know, like a, a fancy island in Greece. That's nice. <laughs> Um, well, it's a bit gloomy here today in London. We had about 16 days of sun and rain now. So I'm certainly jealous of you. Um, I know I know the feeling. I've been studying in Netherlands. So yeah. I know how it feels. Hard. Yeah. So first things first, thank you for coming to the show. I've been watching your videos on YouTube. Uh, you are an amazing tutor. Um, I've been a programmer myself, uh, but obviously I'm, ex- I'm, you know, exploring different types of programming and I have been learning a bit of React Native myself from your videos. So uh, I thought it would be a great opportunity to brought you on the show. Tell me a bit about yourself. Uh, what did you study and how did you end up working in tech? Okay, thank you very much for for having me. I'm really excited about uh, today's episode. I think yeah, uh, yeah, it's the um, it's the first podcast that I'm doing, so that's really nice. Yeah, um, actually, I'm finishing my university like in a couple of days. Uh, I'm graduating. I have a defense like on first first of July, uh, but I've been I've been working in the in the industry uh, for over eight years, seven, seven, eight years right now. I started when I was 16 as a web developer. Mm, yeah, like I was, I was a kid. Uh, I just started learning some programming and I thought like, ah, everything is possible. Like I was quite naive and I started applying at some jobs and most of them was a no, uh, but a company said like, okay, like we, we can give it a try. And I said like, yeah, but I don't have any experience. And they said, okay, that's not a problem. We're going to teach you. And, uh, and yeah, I joined the team and I learned a lot of web development back then. And, uh, and yeah, that's how it started. Oh, wow. That makes sense because um, 
I met a lot of uh, people that haven't actually studied programming or computer science from a young age, but they had the bug, you know, that little desire and that talent to learn programming. Myself, for example, I have a completely different journey. I went into computer science knowing nothing about coding when I was 18 back in the day. And my parents were like, what what is computer science? They had no clue. And myself included, I wasn't really into programming. I At the time, I just liked downloading songs from the internet. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll do something similar, you know. Uh, but okay, that makes sense. You basically had that uh, skill and that ba- that desire to learn programming from a young age. But, but, but I can understand like uh, your part as well, because it was quite similar for me as well. Um, I was finishing ninth grade and uh, I had to go to, to high school and I had to choose like what, uh, what I'm going to study. So I always wanted to get into, into software engineering, but at that moment in time, I was thinking I, like, why I'm getting into this? Like, I don't know anything. And like funny story is that I was thinking I cannot uh, reinstall a Windows like I'm not, I'm not gonna be a good programmer, and uh, but then I said like, eh, this is my dream. Like let's let's give it a try. And I came there, and in the first week we started learning some C plus plus, and I I don't know, it clicked. Like everything made sense, and uh, I was very curious, and I was studying a lot of myself. Like yeah, we were at the first lesson, but I was I was already researching about how to do if statements, loops, and so on. And um, yeah. yeah, I loved learning, and I think that's that's the, that's what made it possible. Yeah, but I think you're right. Um, studying computer science is not necessarily going to teach you programming. It doesn't mean that after attending classes for four years you become a programmer like that. It's mostly on your own. It's like my the person that taught me programming never studied computer science. He had a math math background, and uh, when I asked him, I remember when I was a junior developer, I asked him, "So how did you learn? If if you didn't study computer science, how did you learn?" And he goes, "With the keyboard," (laughs) meaning that he just spent hours and hours uh, in front of a computer trying to do it on his own, basically. Uh, nice. So what, what was your first job title? What, what did you do? Web development, JavaScript? Uh, yeah, my first, actually, my first, first job title was waiter. Oh, <laughs> but then, wow. like, yeah, like I was uh, hardworking from, I think, 15 years old or something like that. And then, um, yeah, when I was 16, I started working as a web developer. And yeah. Um, yeah, I was doing mostly HTML, JavaScript, CSS, like very, very light yeah. web development back then, like no frameworks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, we learned the hard way, didn't we? Because now I see everyone going, oh, I need a, a slider, for example, like a page slider. Like, and all they do is just they import a library. Whereas we had to actually create it from scratch if we wanted to have a slider. Uh, yes and no, like, I don't know. Nowadays, like, just because there are so many things ready to use, I yeah. think for beginners, it's harder to, to get started because they are overwhelmed of 
the choices and we never start doing it like this paradox of new programmers that uh, is always like this question, like which is the best framework, React or Angular or Vue? Like it doesn't matter, like pick one, learn and go. And then yeah. once you, you know one of them, like you'll be able to, to switch. But but yeah, I think that it's it's a bit harder right now, like with all the possibilities, just to, to pick what's best and to and to go all in into this. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. There's too much choice. And when you're a junior however, developer, you, you need guidance. Yeah, however, when you get when you get used to some tools that will uh, accelerate your speed of development like crazy, it's it's so important to 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 have in your arsenal like good tools that you are experienced with that can accelerate. Um, yeah, speaking about this, like um, I'm doing a lot of things with AWS Amplify nowadays on YouTube. And I'm like, initially when I started working with it, um, I was blown away by how fast you can develop an application. So the thing that uh, took me probably one week implementing uh, Apple authentication at my startup with Amplify takes me like one hour, just yeah. Amplify add authentication, set up the token and that's it. Everything else is, is done. So yeah, I think that it's important to to know the tools and True. to never stop learning. That's that's the important stuff. Nice, yeah, that's some good advice there. Um, so you briefly worked as an engineer at Amazon, right? Or is it like an internship or something? Tell me a bit yeah. about this experience. Yeah, it was an as uh, it was an internship. Uh, it was previous year when I was. I was doing the third year at university. Nice. I worked there for half a year. I developed um, an internal tool for Amazon, like from scratch, using React Jazz. And yeah, it was a it was a great experience. I met a lot of smart people. Uh, I got to know this part of uh, of our industry, um, working in big corporations and um, because until then I was mostly experienced in either small companies, freelancing, startups on my own. And then I decided like, okay, now is the time like with an internship because I, I know that um, I don't want to get into corporate yet. I still want to do a lot of things on my own. And I said, like, I don't know, until 30, if nothing happens and nothing works, I'll get into corporate. Uh, but now it's not the time for me. So the internship was a great opportunity for me to, to see how, how the things are going there. But I really enjoy the experience. The, um, and I felt, uh, I felt like I was working in a startup in a way. Because the um, yeah the, the way like uh, Amazon works and the way they organize teams they they organize these uh, teams in they call them two pizza team where basically a team that can be fed by two pizza like six eight people something like that and um, yeah very small teams and the teams are responsible for the whole uh, life uh, life cycle 
life span of uh, yeah. of a software right. from prototyping it from designing it implementing testing and maintaining so it's not like okay i did something there i put it in production i forget about this but you are responsible for everything and i think this is this is a great way to to motivate quality because when you develop you know that you're going to maintain it so you yeah. better do it <laughs> good from the beginning and so you you were part of a smaller team basically right yes as part did of a smaller do- team pair programming did anyone review your code frequently how did that work yes uh, i had like um uh like a team body that was there to answer all my questions and help me whenever i needed and yeah i was attending like daily standups with a team as yeah part of a team um involved in everything that we the team was doing at the moment even though I was working on a separate project. And um, yeah, from like we were doing code reviews, that's a usual part of uh, development there. Um, meetings to, um, to analyze the, the prototypes, the documents, the designs, the high level designs and, and so on. Nice, nice. Um, I've read your uh, CV on LinkedIn and i realized we have a thing in common cuz i i also became a teaching assistant after i graduated from my master's degree uh it was not a big deal it's just my my teacher said do you want to come and teach for a while like the basics of programming basically um i was wondering did that give you the bug of like start start teaching people on youtube how how did the whole experience of starting the youtube channel start um that actually contributed to to starting the youtube channel but i i had this fire in me to to learn and to share um my knowledge and to help my friends even from the times i started uh, learning programming in high school i remember like from the second year i think in high school when i knew some c++ some algorithms some data structures I had this idea in mind like to to start a channel to to explain these things to to share like my knowledge with um with uh, with my teammates because I was always helping my friends uh my classmates and I thought that um it 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 was quite easy for me to explain them some hard concepts um i was trying to do that usually with examples with like taking step by step like drawing and so on like to to visualize how things work and um yeah i think that we started there and while i was teacher t- uh, a teacher assistant um i was i was teaching introduction to programming then um op and some other courses there and also most of the students i was the second year and i was teaching first years so most of the students were kind of my friends like we we knew each other from parties and so on and um and after some time they they said like uh, there were some concepts that if i uh, didn't explain to them they would never understood them specifically in op they said like it was much better like than um 
even the teacher's lessons. And I thought, hmm, maybe there is something. <laughs> maybe nice, nice. I have I have a possibility to do it. Nice. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, I guess you were basically making it a lot easier for them to understand stuff. And then you realized yourself, oh, maybe I can actually do this. Um, so I've seen a few of your videos. Uh, it's amazing how you can go on and code for five hours without using the toilet. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I find that the most, incredible. The most I could go on is 12 hours. <laughs> it was a live oh, wow. stream on my channel. Yeah, I had this idea in mind from, from the beginning when I was doing these live streams. Like, hmm, can I do a 12 hours live stream? No, I was, I was thinking about 24 hours, but then oh, I wow. decided, hey, let, let's try with 12 well, wow. 24 hours might be like an actual record. Um, and yeah, I, I, used... I, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, I'm used to this because um, I was attending a lot of hackathons uh, where, I don't know, for example, we, we built a fully working prototype in a weekend at a hackathon, uh, me with one of my friends. And uh, at the demo day, like everyone came with a PowerPoint presentation and we came like with uh, with a fully working application, but we let everyone join. And everyone was like, did you do it like in two days? I said, yeah, <laughs> we thought that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. That so, makes sense because it looks like you have a lot of experience. And you, it, you it looks like you have experience in that because you don't get tired easily. The people that are attending your, your live are like, wow, can you still go on? And you just... The more the more problems you encounter, the the more it gives you the, the 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 challenge to work harder, which which does make sense if you attend a lot of hackathons. That's basically what you do. You like it gives you have the drive to work harder and harder and harder every time you you see a problem. So uh, yeah, I've, I've I've certainly seen that on on your channel. Um, so I'm curious, do you build the app? from scratch at the beginning and then when you start the live uh do you know exactly how to move around the app or do you just go blindly and just start developing uh i don't go blindly but uh, i don't build everything uh, beforehand so basically before i start the live stream i would i would sketch some uh some features but I think that might cause some problems. I don't know, like some simple UI, I'm not going to bother because I'm going to do that during live stream. And I uh, saw that this is much more engaging for users when I gradually build a, a UI feature, like, okay, let's add radios. Okay, let's add shadow. Okay, this is too much. Like, like this, this is much more engaging than if I'd have everything on, my, on on the second monitor and just copy paste the code and they'll True. think like, where, where do you get this from? Like, how, how, how do you get there? On the other hand, like features that, um, yeah, that are more complicated. I don't know, some managing some files, some uploads uh, with backend, stuff like that. Um, a, a new library that I might introduce, like working with maps, with some interesting features. I sketch them in my head and then I try I try them uh, beforehand and then I go into the live stream. 
Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. But yeah, it looks like you don't do like a massive preparation. And I really like the fact that, yeah, you just, you think, oh, shall I add a little bit of the shadow here? Shall I move this button there? And uh, you engage with your audience as well. And, oh, and the other thing I really like is that how you stop every, I don't know, 20 minutes and you read the comments and you basically acknowledge everyone. It's crazy. You, every single person that writes a comment, you're like, yeah, yeah, sure. We'll do that. We'll do this. Um, yeah, I really like that. So are you following any other programmers on YouTube? Um that you basically got ideas from or because I, I know a few, uh, but yeah, you're the most successful one in ter- in terms of in my head, because I want to learn react native. Uh, but do you follow any other programmers? Um, I used to follow a lot of them when I was learning. Uh, I had some periods in my life, like when I was learning web development, I know, I remember I start I started, uh, learning from venue boston if you know the channel it's an old channel no. he was doing a lot of uh, tutorials um nowadays uh i don't know less less programming content uh i follow some channels uh for example there is william candillion uh doing a lot of cool animations in react native yeah. um yeah some yeah <laughs> yeah that's good that's good two is enough i guess there's no i sometimes uh find myself watching way too many youtube videos and i'm like okay now i have to work like i need to <laughs> i need to stop uh yeah so this is because how, uh yeah. wh- wh- when when i learn something um i usually i would rather just start implementing uh the the, the thing that i'm learning in a project and I'm just gonna go through documentations or just trial, trial and error until it works. And then I that's uh, easier for me to learn. For example, right now I'm learning uh, Next.js. So I'm building um, our new platform, not just development, not just .dev. And uh, yeah, and I learned Next.js while building this application and I, I didn't watch like any tutorials mostly like for documentation yeah. looking how it, how it works and trying things on my own messing around and then googling that's how how it works for me yeah i guess yeah i agree with you tutorials is not enough obviously you have to go through documentation best practices uh i personally enjoy a lot uh i've been lucky enough to work have worked with a lot of talented programmers and um yeah i, I personally i've learned a lot from 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 work and the senior developers definitely so you're also a cto for an app that's called fitinium right fitinium see si. fitinium oh wow so Tell me a bit about the app and how did you how did you end up end up being a CTO for them? Um, yeah, so um, I'll start by saying that uh, yeah, this month I'm taking a step back from Fitinium to focus more on everything that I'm doing on YouTube and and everything around YouTube. Uh, I have a lot of plan of plans there. 
Um, yeah, but how I um, I joined the team, um, it happened during an event, um, a networking event in Amsterdam. I attended and I met the, the, the co-founders of Itinium. And we discussed, uh, I really liked the idea. And we decided uh, at the time I was doing freelancing. So I decided to do some work for them as a freelancer. And I think after a couple of months, they said like, uh, do you want to join the team as a CTO? And yeah, I really enjoyed like the product. Uh, I really enjoyed the team working with them. I knew that they understand like the, um, how to properly, properly run a startup. And um, yeah, and I joined the team and what built is the application. The about? Exactly. Uh, what the application the is, uh, yeah, it's in, um, do you know Strava? Yeah, yeah, of course I use Strava, yeah, yeah. Strava is uh, like a application to track running and uh, cycling. Swimming, cycling. Swimming, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they have like this social network uh, aspect of it. It's not just a tracker. So basically we're doing something similar uh, for people that are uh, training at the gym. So people that are doing powerlifting, uh, yeah, strength and so on. Because, um, yeah, like even myself, a lot of times, uh, I would just want to see my uh, my form from the side. I would record the video. I'd want to record the personal record when I when I do one. And everything like is uh, either in my phone or other people might share it on Instagram. But that's not the best uh, platform for this kind of uh, content. So we decided to um, to give the people a platform for this that will build a community around uh, strength athletes. And yeah, we're we're providing way more features than uh, than just sharing like these videos. Like we we provide training programs, uh, coaches um, tracking your routines, tracking your progress. Um, yeah, competing in um, challenges. Okay. Oh, nice. In, in challenges, yeah, yeah. So, and it has that social networking aspect of where you can post a photo and have comments and stuff underneath. Yeah, it's usually not photos. It's uh, usually videos of performances, like some personal records. Um, yeah. Oh, People nice. Training and that's all in that's, that's very motivational, m- motivating, like when, when you're training and when you see other people training, like, okay, yeah. let's go. I'm not alone. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Is it mostly in React Native? Yes, the application, the mobile application is React Native. We have other like supporting applications like Dashboard, uh, which is in React Jazz and um, other parts, but the main part is React Native. Nice, nice. That's really good. So uh, are you currently working from home? for them or do, do they have offices? No, I'm working from home and probably I've always been working from home. Uh, the only time that I worked in office was uh, two weeks when I was doing uh, my internship at Amazon. Okay. And in uh, one Thursday I come at work, uh, I open my email, I see that nobody's in the office. I open my email and they say like, okay, everyone working from home. <laughs> COVID. 
Yeah. And I, that's okay. crazy, isn't it? And yeah, we went to work from home uh, for two weeks, but it it lasted yeah. a lot of time. So from your ex- from your experience working in the office uh, at Amazon and then working from home now, which one do you think you prefer? Would you go back to the old ways of working or would you prefer to just work from home? Definitely working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, it saves a lot of time on commute and so on. And yeah, I have everything as I want at my home. Um, I know that it might be better for people to work at the office, uh, specifically for people that uh, feel harder to motivate themselves to to get into work. Uh, but for me, it's very easy. And the, my problem is getting out of the work. <laughs> So yeah. ending the day is, is a bit harder, but other than that, like I really enjoy working from home. Yeah, that was that was the easy part when I used to go to the office. You just leave the office and you switch and off. Disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas now I find it really difficult to leave work behind. Uh what I've done is uh, I moved into a place with a separate room, you know, hoping to create an office space um uh but i think it takes some time and it gets there you have to put it in your head that listen my life is my life and my work is my work i need to 637 whenever you stop coding at least you need to leave work behind in a way uh so yeah i think it it took me about six months to get there but eventually i got there yeah um, yeah, it's it's very important to to disconnect and and to have like the separation between work and life. And it was specifically hard for me when I was uh, at uni uh, because I was my office was in the room that I was sleeping, and in the same room where where I was chilling. So like my brain couldn't understand like okay what what we are doing now, and for that reason it was harder for me to get started in the morning and it was very hard for me to, to disconnect in the evening. So I ended up like working and then turning over a computer and going to sleep. And yeah, at that time it was okay for me because I really love working and I don't mind this. And I, but now, uh, yeah, I have a girlfriend and I have to. <laughs> she complains. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. That means no. I have yeah to to take care of my life as well, like to yeah, disconnect. Of course. And... Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing with programming. I think in order to uh, be a good programmer, you you have to as well uh, make it your hobby as well in a way. So not just do work and just use that only technology that you do at work. Um, you will become really good if you do something on the side during the weekend. So you make it as a hobby as well. I, I do believe that now. I wasn't like that. I didn't really, uh, I would leave work at work and the weekend was like free. But I realized that it's not enough. Uh, now I sometimes program as a, as a hobby as well. So um, yeah, and I think, Doing by doing that, I realized that I will only spend a few hours during the week in coding as a hobby, but then I need to switch off because 
it's it's not healthy to just constantly think of work. Uh, yeah, definitely. So how do you manage the time between YouTube and, and Fitinium? Uh, yeah, I um, I came to, to this routine that works for me very good is to, 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 to put everything into buckets. Basically, okay, this uh, is the day for YouTube and I think only about YouTube. I don't think about anything else. Uh, this is a day for Fitinium and this is a day for uh, university. Uh, less day for university, of course, but <laughs> um, and then only this way it worked because before that I was mostly doing, okay, what's the priority to now? Like, what should I work on today? And I would spend half of a day just uh, prioritizing and thinking, okay, tomorrow I have a live stream for YouTube. I need to prepare. Yeah, but I have a, uh, to deploy the code for Fitinium. Okay, but at the uni, I have a deadline uh, in two days. And I was like constantly uh, thinking, like even if I was working for YouTube, I was thinking about startup and uh, that didn't work. And I decided like to, to put everything in to give everything their own slots and to, to go all in like with my mind into working for that. But now, uh, now it's going to be easier because I'm finishing university. Um, I'm taking some time off from, uh, from the startup and it's mostly going to be YouTube and I'm going to work on, um, on a course, on a premium course, um, for React Native, for full stack mobile development, which is going to be React Native and AWS Amplify. Oh, nice. That will cover like the, the full process of developing a mobile application from beginning, uh, front end, back end, deploying, testing, everything. Nice. That's nice. So um, in terms of cross-platform apps and building apps in general, I guess I'm going to ask you this question that everyone has been asking, you know, CTOs mostly. Uh, is it React Native, Flutter, or Angular that people should go for? And I'm not saying this in terms of learning how to code, but in terms of building apps, which one do you think it's the best way to go? Um these are pretty tough questions whenever I'm being asked because in a way I don't want to be biased, but it's not possible not to be biased because I'm using React Native for, for the past three years, like every day. And I know all the ins and outs of React Native and all the React JS um, ecosystem and so on. So yeah, I would say React Native but that doesn't mean that uh, if you're doing something in Flutter or Angular or any other technology, you should drop it and, and start uh, React Native because someone on YouTube or on a podcast said, said so. I think that as long as the technology will solve your problem and will get to the destination that you, are, that you have in mind, I think that's perfectly fine and you should go for it. If you know a technology uh, and that will solve your problem, like go for it and don't spend time learning something else. And yeah, after it works, like you can decide later. 
Yeah, yeah, Aye. that makes sense. So um, another question would be, uh, I guess, this whole thing with the um, cloud, uh, the cloud technologies now, and uh, everyone is going crazy with getting qualifications and certifications in um, in cloud technologies. Uh, let's say if you had to choose it from between like AWS, Azure, and GCP, which one, I mean, you obviously use a lot of AWS, uh, but what do you think about the rest of the options out there? And do you have experience with them? To be honest, I don't have experience with uh, other cloud providers. I mostly uh, um, use AWS. I'm also certified <laughs> and um, and yeah, like they, they provide so many services uh, in a way that's a bit overwhelming. And I understand some people that feel intimidated by AWS, uh, but the good news is uh, for front-end developers, Amplify is here to, to solve this problem. Mm, because nowadays with Amplify, you don't need to know all 200 <laughs> services from AWS. Um, they um, make a lot of things abstract and you don't have to go to worry about AWS Cognito user pools, identity management, uh, DynamoDB table. You just need to worry about authentication, let's say, or the same thing for uh, for the API, like you don't care what's behind the scenes, you need an API for to build an application. Yeah, of course, like if you know uh, how things are are going behind the scenes, uh, it it will be much easier to to optimize and uh, in terms of performance, of price, and so on. Um, but at least you can get started pretty fast with with these technologies. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand what you mean from, from certainly from a point of uh, creating apps or creating like doing web development. AWS is certainly like making a big difference now and there's a lot of work behind it. So it's one of the most popular ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in, in, in that way, like in web development, I think uh, it's one of the best. But then. I've seen companies like big companies that uh, they use specific cloud providers according to what they need. So in like you have machine learning and, and artificial intelligence, you might as well go with Google and then yeah, building React Native applications, you might as well go with Amazon. But um, so yeah, they, they don't necessarily use just one cloud provider. They use the yeah. cloud provider according to their needs. But in terms of what you do, uh, I think you've chosen really, really good technologies to showcase um, how to do something and do it quickly as well. I'm sure there's there's people that are watching your YouTube videos being, wow, was it like that easy? And then my, my response would be, it wasn't always that easy. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 new technologies have made it easier, but obviously you, there's a lot of hard work behind it. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, a lot of new improvements and things are becoming easier. It's just 
our job to to find ways to learn them and to use accordingly um, when yeah, exactly. it's best to use them. That's and I think that's what's important. I guess you're a CTO as well. That's 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 what's important for a CTO to know, not necessarily how to use those technologies, but which technologies are the best right now for junior developers to learn. Yeah, 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 that's, that's true. So I've also seen on your channel that you are a keen user of uh, Expo, uh, which is like one of my favorite as well. Uh, a few years ago when I started learning React Native, I was amazed by, you know, how easy it is to not just develop, but deploy the application and have it on your Android phone and your iPhone uh, with just one application, have it in two different types of devices and so quickly. Instantly updating, yeah. Yeah, it was it was amazing. My first experience with Expo, I was wowed by it until the f- I was making an application for a friend, basically, until my friend said, we're going to need in-app purchases. And that was quite a while ago and that's when I had to basically eject uh, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah that was the approach I took because you know I started as a simple it started as a simple app and it moved on to being slightly more complex but what's I, I'm really curious to know what's your opinion Can, is it okay for someone to go straight with React Native not using Expo because they know that the application will eventually become complex? Or do you think it's better to just start with Expo, uh, do everything like the main part of the application, not have all of these folders that will confuse you and then eject and continue? Which one do you think is the best approach? Um, Yeah, first of all, you you mentioned uh, how easy it is with Expo like to develop and to deploy, but also very important part about Expo and uh, why I'm using so often on the channel is how easy it is to get started, how easy it is to set up your environment. Like you don't have to to set up like the Android SDK, the Xcode, and so on. You just install Expo CLI and you run it on your phone and that's it. And I think this is a very powerful, and I and I always hated like installing and setting up environments whenever I yeah. needed to to start to to learn a new technology. Uh, I always was thinking like I wish someone just uh, would come, will set everything up, will show me an application like a hello world, and I'll take it from there. Like. I hate installing environments and setting up. And Expo makes this super easy. So I think that this is very, very powerful for beginners. And uh, yeah, that's why I'm using a lot on YouTube uh, because anyone who just, oh, what's React Native? Let me check. Okay, let's give it a try. You don't have to go to install all of that. Yeah, uh, within a second you have have an app. In a second you, you, you have it there. Uh, regarding your question, if it's if it's better to to start with Expo and then eject, uh, I would say if 
from the beginning, you know that uh, you're going to need uh, to eject. You're going to need basically native modules. I would say go straight for React, uh, React Native CLI. I don't think that uh, this step in the middle will, um, will benefit you. I mean, in the beginning, yes, maybe it will benefit you, but later on it will include extra dependencies that you might not need. And um, yeah, I think that it's gonna be much easier to get started straight from React Native CLI. If you know that you will need some native modules, um, and it's going to be easier to, to maintain the, the source code. You're going to have like less dependencies and so on. Uh, however, yeah, like for a simple application, uh, even production application, simple application that you know that you're not going to need native modules. It's mostly data-driven driven application. Um, I would go for Expo like 100%. It's easy to, to develop. It's easy to, to deploy um specifically yeah now they are developing a lot of feature for yeah for deployment and cloud builds so it, it's going to be as easy uh to deploy a mobile application as it is now to deploy a website it's just you're going to push it to you're pushing like to a github repository and expo will build everything in cloud will um, deploy it to app store to google play and so on and i think that's really powerful yeah, I agree with you. I completely agree. Um, so, yeah, what would be your advice to uh, a junior programmer that just started? They're struggling really, you know how it is at first. You you struggle, you have many problems, many issues. You struggle a lot and you just give up. Um, so what would you say to a junior developer that wants to learn but they're they're stumbling upon so many problems that they eventually want to give up. What would your advice be to them? I would like to say that don't worry, it's gonna be over once you learn things, but that would be a lie because it's <laughs> almost never over. Yeah. Uh, and that's also the, the, the good thing about this if you think um, that it's not only you who are struggling, everyone in this industry are, are struggling. Like senior, senior developers are always Googling and are always having problems. Yeah, probably the problems uh, are of a bigger scale, but it's the same feeling. It's the same feeling of, okay, I don't know what's going on here. I think it's important how you approach this feeling. Is it, um, oh, I don't know, I am a bad developer, or, oh, I don't know, I'm really curious to know how to solve it. And, and this will make a change. Like, just don't think that it's your problem. Like, be patient. Uh, you're just getting started. And yeah, just be curious how to solve this and uh, shorten the distance to the next problem. Get to the next yeah. uh, problem. And that's how we learn, like from error to error, from Googling and yeah. moving on. And the problems will get bigger and bigger and bigger, but you'll evolve with them. With them. Yeah. Yeah, that's very valuable advice. Um, thank you so much for coming to the show. Um, thank you for sharing your journey. It's, it's very, very inspiring. 
Uh, I'm sure that everyone will say the same, uh, starting from Amazon and then doing doing things on your own uh, and building something from scratch, like your YouTube channel. It's very, very inspiring. Uh, so, yeah, thank you so much for coming. And um, hopefully I will, for the next episode in two years from now, I will come and visit you to the Canary Islands. <laughs> thank you very much for having me. It was really uh, nice. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to check out Vadim's YouTube channel. It's on Vadim Savin. That is S-A-V-I-N. Don't also forget to check the Verified Geek podcast channel on YouTube and maybe leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.